Welcome to Connect with Encompass Health. I'm your host, Mary Ellen DeBartolaven, National Director of Quality at Encompass Health. Our Connect podcast is designed to help inspire and motivate healthcare professionals with insightful information from our industry experts. In this season of Connect, we're focusing on lessons in leadership. We'll be talking with some of our Encompass Health's top executives, how they grow their careers, overcome obstacles, and lead successful teams. In this episode, we'll be talking with Don Rock, Encompass Health's Chief Compliance Officer. Don has been in her current role for seven years, but if you asked her about working in compliance earlier in her career, she probably wouldn't have taken you seriously. So I started actually as a paralegal. I was a paralegal for 13 years before I went to law school. And so law school seemed like the next logical step in my career. But as a paralegal, I was a civil servant. I worked for INS, which was the precursor to ICE. Uh, And then I worked for the U.S. Attorney's Office. Um, As a civil servant, my insurer was Kaiser Permanente. I believed in that model, and I thought they provided such good care that I wanted to work for them. And so an opportunity came. Um, They were hiring a paralegal, and... I interviewed with the person who later became my mentor. Um, that was my first real entry into healthcare, working as a paralegal for Kaiser Permanente. Uh, I was in that role for about two years. And then the general counsel, um, my mentor, came to me to say she was starting a compliance program and she wanted me to be in the compliance program. And I remember asking her, well, what is it? And when she explained it to me, I said, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. (laughs) But you did take the opportunity in compliance. Why? Well, because my mentor who had been so good to me and who had taught me so much had faith in me. And she, in fact, when I told her it sounded terrible, she said, Dawn, I'm telling you, this is your job. Uh And so I really took the job because I just did not want to let her down. So I can relate to both of those topics. First mentors, I've had some unbelievable ones in my career and have had the opportunity to start something new. Let's start with mentors. How did your mentor help you in your career? And are you guys still close today? We are. I've not talked to her um, for some time, but that's not unusual. We could go a year and then we fall back in. Um, after she had retired and I had moved on to, I think I was on my second job after that. She even came from New York. I was still living in Maryland to see me graduate law school. She has been my staunchest cheerleader. I can still reach out to her when I have questions about my career. Um, and it's good to have someone who has been in, um, the same field who sort of understands, um, how to move in certain spaces. So I can ask her technical questions, but I can also ask her questions about how should I approach um, certain events. She has just been a fabulous resource. She just took a shine to me to this day. I don't understand why she saw something in me, why she invested so much in me, but I'm incredibly grateful for that. She saw something in you. When you have someone who sees that, it gives you opportunities. Absolutely. I would not be in this role today had it not been for her 
saying, Dawn, this is your job. And she was right. Like I said, I took the role because I didn't want to let her down. The truth is she was spot on. This job is a very good marriage of my social work background, which is what my undergrad degree is in, and my legal training. And um, as a person who enjoys challenges, no two days are ever the same. It's been 20 years now um, that I've been in this field. It's been 20 years since she pushed me into this role, and she could not have been more right. And so I, you know, I tell people all the time, if someone else sees the shine in you, believe them. I think you have to give yourself some credit here too, Dawn. Um, She saw something there because there was something there to see. Um, How did that role lead to the next opportunity in compliance? So once I got in and I realized how much I enjoyed it, the next opportunity was at Johns Hopkins. And the truth is, I took the job at Johns Hopkins because as anyone who's grown up in Maryland knows, they pay 100% tuition and I was still in law school. <laughs> um, and so went in as a compliance manager, was cr- quickly promoted to a compliance director. And because I'm smart enough to know that I got into compliance when it was still in its infancy, I got in on the ground floor, and so I took the opportunity to learn everything that I could. I just devoured everything that I could about compliance, um, and it was so new that everyone who was in these compliance programs were doing the same thing. So I started presenting at national conferences and writing articles for their trade journals, um, and so people started seeking me out, um, and that led to the the next job and the job after that. And so I went from entry level compliance coordinator, the role that my mentor had put me in, um, to a compliance vice president in five years. Wow. So you built that program at Johns Hopkins. How did you end up at Encompass Health? Well, I left Johns Hopkins. I was recruited to uh, a role, vice president role, regulatory affairs and compliance in a uh, Medicaid plan in Georgia. And then I was welcomed home back to Kaiser Permanente for their Georgia plan as their regional vice president of compliance. And I really had intended for that to be my retirement job. And I was recruited for the job in Encompass. And the the truth is, I initially said no. One, there was no way I was going to live in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> It's not so bad. <laughs> it, it it really isn't. And um, I thought that I was on my career path. And the truth is, I, I only came on the interview so the recruiter would stop calling me. <laughs> and I'm successful met, recruiter. Very successful. But I met the general counsel. And I remember walking out thinking, he is so smart and so sweet. And I just want to work for this man. And I took the role and he retired six months later. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's a good lesson that if you have opportunities to not blow those off and maybe just go through the process to see what that would look like and um, learn more about other, you know, professional opportunities that exist out there. Absolutely. Because it was, this was, one of the best career decisions that I've ever made. Lost that general counsel, got a new one. Again, incredibly impressed. Thinks he's one of the smartest people that I've ever had the fortune to work with. And I'm just, I'm very happy here. 
So I've been very, very fortunate. So when did it kind of click that this was really the career for you? I am one of those nerdy people who loves to learn. I was just devouring everything I could get my hands on. And so it was the combination of learning about this role and learning the expectations mirrored what the job was because the job was always figuring out what the regulators wanted, fixing problems for your company. It was um, the combination and and there's the human emotional side um, where we do investigations you have to learn how to uh, relate to other people. Every day is a challenge and every day is a new challenge. I, I am one of those people. I love a list. Every day when I come in, the first thing I do is a to-do list. Methodically mark things off. On Monday, what I have in all caps, because it's so important, if it doesn't get done on Tuesday, it may be the last thing on my list because the next challenge has come in and it's taken priority. The world is never stable. <laughs> And I'm one of those people that thrives in that environment. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm naturally a fixer. And so I think this role gets overlooked. People, a lot of people still to this day, when I say I work in compliance, well, what is that? They don't really fully understand it. Mm-hmm. And I also say that I'm convinced there's a compliance personality. Everybody's not cut out for this work. And and part of it is because no two days are the same. I tell people when I'm interviewing them, uh, one of the questions I ask, do you like routine? Do you, do you like structure? And if I can tell that someone is a stickler for routine, I know they're not going to thrive in this world. They're not good for compliance. You've mentioned the importance of having a good poker face. Yes, that really is. It was born out of doing investigations. You want people to be open and you just don't want to react. And I would, I I think that part of that is legal training. Any lawyer will tell you they've got to have a good poker face. So I'm still perfecting it. I think I'm good. I'd like to be better. You've mentioned different and unique before and that that's something you struggled with early on in your career. Mm -hmm. I would say even from my first job, there was a point where I was the only woman in the department. There was a point in another job where I was the youngest person. There was a point where I was the only person of color. I've learned to embrace that. I think diversity is so important and diversity also means diversity in ideas. Mm -hmm. And so I have learned to really use being the only to my advantage. I'm not afraid to be the lone voice of dissent. I'm not afraid to be the person that speaks up for the other people who look like me who aren't in the room. Um, I think it's important for everyone to have a voice. And so I've made it a priority for me to be that person when I when I have to be. I think there are probably a lot of people that feel that way be it because of race, gender, or age, what advice would you give to them? Use your voice. Don't be afraid to speak out because diversity of thought really does matter. And diversity of life experience. That's right. And as people grow to be leaders, making sure they build their teams around that. That's right. Absolutely. 
So you've been sharing your voice and perspective, and over the past few years, you've been recognized for that as one of Savoy Magazine's top influential women in corporate America, Black Enterprise Magazine's most powerful women in business, most powerful executives in corporate America, and most powerful women in corporate America. That's a lot. (laughs) For those still trying to find their way in their careers, whether it's pivoting to a new one altogether or transitioning to a leadership role, what practical tips can you offer them? Building relationships with your colleagues, no matter their differences, I I think you can only grow um, by hearing other perspectives. I would also say networking is incredibly important. Reaching out to people, especially those that are in your industry, um, just to have a resource celebrating your uniqueness. My mother would refer to that as shining. Um, You don't want to hide your uniqueness. um, And even if that means you're the only person that looks like you, celebrate that. And don't forget to give back. I think mentoring is incredibly important. I would not be here without a mentor. So it's important to me that I am reaching back for the folks that are coming behind me and doing the same for them. Thank you, Dawn. I think that's perfect parting advice, not only for those just getting started in their careers, but for all of us. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you'd like to hear more from this series on lessons in leadership, visit blog.encompasshealth.com slash podcast to subscribe to our podcast or catch up on past episodes.